This episode of the New Christendom Daily is taken from a live radio broadcast. There's no scripts. There's no do-overs. There's no cuts. It's just from a live radio show done by a guy with a microphone and a set of earbuds and a radio show who pours his heart, his mind, and his body and soul into one thing, bringing about the New Christendom Daily. American troops start killing people in other countries. Because, you know, Putin needs a bullet or 16 in the head. Hamas needs to be eradicated from the face of the earth. We need to nuke Iran and just get rid of them. We're done with these Persians still drawing breath. Uh, so, and I'm kind of paraphrasing Hannity's question here. Um, uh, the neo uniparty warmonger hawk. Um, uh, so, uh, when can we expect the killing to begin? Now, we can't allow Vladimir Putin to prevail in Ukraine because I don't believe it would stop there. And it would probably encourage and empower China to perhaps make a move on Taiwan. We have these concerns. Um, stop we're not the going tape. to abandon them. We, we want to be cooperative. We I just have to say, can you guys come up with another line? Can, can, can we hire a new speechwriter out there? Can we get a new bumper sticker? This nonsense about, well, the Russians prevail, that's going to empower China to take over Taiwan. It sounds good, I suppose, if you're a uniparty neo-warhawk. Neo you're a uni-neo-warhawk. Why are the Chinese waiting for something that the Russians have to do? What does that have to do with Taiwan? And by the way, for the record, Congressman Johnson, Speaker Johnson, the Russians have already won. It's over. You should stop sending money there, and that would force the Ukrainians to hammer out the, 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 the peace deal and be done with this. Then, look, the second the United States stopped taking, stopped spending, sending money and weapons over there, that belong to your great-grandchildren that haven't even been born yet and are going to have to pay it back, the second that that stops, then there will be a peace settlement. Zelensky will be whisked out of there so that the Ukrainian people can't kill him or assassinate him, because, and uh, they would with good reason. And this will, now we can go, no, we can, we can concentrate all of our firepower than on killing Iranians and wiping Persia, ancient Persia, from the face of the earth. When we're done with that, hey, Sean uh, uh, and, and the rest of the Uni-War Party, dude, how come you guys don't want to wipe the Mongols off the face of the earth? They're really mean. I mean, if you're just going after mean people, I think the Mongolian needs some, the Mongolians need some American exceptionalism, bro. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. All right, roll the tape. We need to work together on this, but we, we owe it to the people to know what the plan is, where the money is going to be spent, and we need some auditing for the dollars that we've already sent over there. These are not tough questions, right? One thing that House Republicans are resolved on is that we must stand with our most important ally in the Middle East, and that's Israel. Oh, um, no, we no, will. I, we, we certainly hope that it doesn't come to boots on the ground. Uh, if, if it comes to that, and we communicated this to the White House staff as well today, that um, you know we have the Article I power in the legislative branch of government, and they have Article II. 
They have very limited authority on what they can do to respond without coming to Congress to seek consent. And even my Democrat colleagues, Sean, that are uh, at committees of jurisdiction understand this in the, the Foreign Affairs Committee. And you've had comments made by the leaders of Iran that they themselves may get involved in a conflict. If that happens, correct me if you think I'm wrong, I would, bet, I would say all bets are off in the Middle East. We could have a full-out war in the Middle East, Israel at the center of it, and at that point, if Israel's existence is put in jeopardy, I don't think Prime Minister Netanyahu, who I've known for almost 30 years. Of course you have. I don't think there's anything he won't do to preserve and protect his country from people that have committed their lives to destroy it. He has to do that. And around here, people throw around the phrase existential threat. They have an existential threat every day. I mean, their neighbors want to eliminate them and wipe them off the map. So Prime Minister Netanyahu is resolved. I've, I've spent time with him personally. I know him as well. Uh, I, I think he's a strong leader at, at this important time, and I, I think he's going to do what is necessary. And, and the, America will back him up. I mean, they tell us when we're in Israel, and you've been there, and they, they say the reason that we are able to sustain ourselves and survive is because everyone knows that our big ally is America. We know that Iran is directly tied to all this. These are Hamas right, stop, and Hezbollah. Stop, stop, stop the tape for just a second here. I, I, I'm sorry. I have to butt in here. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll roll the rest of it, then I'll make my comment. Because I had somebody has to say something about this. <laughs> Roll the chain. And they're tied in now with Russia and China. I mean, it is a new axis of evil. That's how we see it. And so it has oh, to be addressed. Please, accordingly. God, make it stop, please, Johnson. Hey, we had such high hopes, dude. You're just. <sighs> he's been he's been recording. The cliches and the bumper stickers and internalize them to where he could just do actions of evil, existential threat. Because America's our biggest ally. Why does the United States have to pledge the blood, treasure, and fortune of American citizens? so that Israel can exist. It's the United Nations Charter, a bad one, that took the land from the Palestinians in the 1940s and began to carve out the state of Israel. Okay, fine. What business is that of mine? How come I'm not going to fight over the borders of Azerbaijan? Why am I not going to fight over the borders of Bosnia, Serbia, Herzegovina? Why am I not going to fight over the border dispute that they have in Northern Ireland? Hmm? Why are we sending troops there? Isn't it? Aren't those borders important? Wait, I got a better question. Why aren't we going to fight over the border twixt Texas and Mexico? Why are we not directing all of our attention domestically here to the border between New Mexico, Arizona, California, Texas, and Mexico? Why do my friends Bob and Julie, when they want to go to the St. Benedict Center and to take a straight line from Michigan to New Hampshire, decide to go to Canada, why are Bob and Julie, American citizens, frisked, basically, browbeaten and told to get out of their vehicle so the back of their RV can be searched when they want to come back into the United States as completely and totally legal law-abiding citizens. Good ones, too.
So now you know. The Una-Neo-War Party completely backed the candidacy of Mike Jones, Johnson for Speaker of the House. He just, he just, he just said, here, here's the laundry list of crap that we're going to do, and we're going to stand behind our ally. So American citizens and American taxpayers exist so that Mossad can be completely funded and so that the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, can rely upon the military prowess and weaponry that the people of the United States thought that they were buying for our defense. We're conned and told and lied to that we were building SDI during back during the Reagan years. Why? To defend against what? To put a dome up around Israel? No, you effing idiot. To put a dome up over Los Angeles. The Strategic Defense Initiative. I'm the only one that remembers this Star Wars, as they called it. Was Ronald Reagan promoting a Star Wars dome over Tel Aviv or Jerusalem? No, he was talking about the United States. How did this idea, how did this happen? That every major American political figure has committed lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to Israel. Now look, if you want to do that as a hobby, you go right ahead. If you want to take your money, why don't you go put an IDF uniform on? Why don't you go over there and fight? Send your sons and your daughters to go do it. But when they sit there and they just rattle the door, biggest ally in the region, why do we need an ally in the region? I'm going to say this again for the uninitiated and for the imbeciles out there and those that may have fallen for this brainwashing tactic. We do not need Saudi Arabian, Iranian, or any other country's oil reserves. We don't need them. We don't need a drop of oil from OPEC. And the United States would be just fine. There is more than enough recoverable oil on this continent, just the northern part of it, to keep the U.S. in oil, gas, and diesel for centuries to come. That's a fact. We don't even know. You know, every time they try to measure how much oil is in the Bakken oil field, it goes up. First, they said a trillion recoverable barrels. Then they went like, eh, we did some more ge geological hammering and found out there's three trillion recoverable barrels. Then they went back and they went, no, 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 that's not correct. There's, we believe now there's five trillion recoverable barrels. I don't know what the last uh, estimate was, but I know it's more than five trillion. That's a lot of trillions of recoverable barrels of oil that are just sitting in an oil patch that is made up of parts of the states of Forgive me, I might get one of these wrong. Nevada, Utah, Montana, South Dakota, North Dakota there. I think part of Nebraska. That's just the Bakken. Have you people ever heard of this place called Gull Island? We shut drilling down in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge because we had to go up there and hug a bunch of polar bears. The polar bears are going to be, the polar bears are going to be made extinct. 
if we don't shut down the oil exploration and the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, then the polar bear is going to be going extinct. Remember they said when you put the Alaskan pipeline in, it was going to destroy the indigenous population. The, the Inuits were all going to die. The polar bears, the polar snakes, and everything was going to die. An exact opposite happened. You know why? Because they have to heat the oil that goes through the so-called Alaska pipeline. Am I the only person that knows this? So what happens if you have a little bit of a heated pipe that's passing through this thing called frozen tundra? New life. 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 It's life. There's new life all around the pipeline. Now the people of Alaska are like, don't you dare shut this pipeline down. We don't need any oil. A hundred miles from where I am currently seated, out in the Gulf of Mexico, there are trillions, no one knows how many, because no one because the exploration hasn't been done, but we know it's there. Trillions of recoverable barrels of oil in the seabed that is the Gulf of Mexico. Let's go to Brian Kay's Texas in the Permian Basin. No one knows how much oil is in the Permian Basin. We do know this. They keep sticking new oil wells in the ground and up, uh, and up through the ground come a bubbling crude. It just keeps jet clamping in and up to the surface. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. just want to make the point because some people may not know this. You may have fallen prey. We're near recoverable oil from foreign nations. We got to buy oil from Venezuela. No, we don't. We can. We don't have to. The point being, give me a strategic reason why the people of the United States have to support, maintain, and defend Mossad, Israel, and the IDF. Go. And look, you're just an anti, you're an anti-Semite, Jew-hating bigot. Yeah, yeah, sure. Woke up this morning. That's what I. That's exactly what I thought when I was praying devotionals to a Jewish woman whose name was Mary and her son Jesus. That's exactly what I thought. You can say Syria. Take out Israel, put the name Syria in. It doesn't matter. Put here, put Jordan in. That's a kingdom down there. Put Jordan in. Look, we fought a war, supposedly, to bring democracy to this place. Put Iraq in there. I don't care. Tell me why. You know, this is interesting. Vivek Ramaswamy. Here, play Vivek Ramaswamy. This is a really long clip. I'm not going to play the whole thing. Vivek has this right, primarily. Now, I might disagree on the whole, well, the Iranians could involved and we have... Why? Why? What are the Persians going to do? They're going to wipe Israel from the face of the mountain. Israel has nukes. They have intercontinental ballistic missiles and they have nukes. If it appeared as though... A major party or a major geographic uh, nation state were actually going to attempt to wipe them from the face of the earth. They would probably find out. We would probably find out just how many nuclear bombs and ICBMs the Israelis have. Because they won't let the UN weapons inspectors in, so nobody knows. But I think Vivek Ramaswamy about has this right, and he said this to the Republican Jewish Coalition. Listen. Just as it is time for Israel to return to its founding premise, it is time for us here in the U.S. to return to ours. George Washington, 
in his 1796 farewell speech. David Ben-Gurion is to Israel as George Washington is to this country. He reminded us that our job here is to be strong at home, to mind our own affairs, to avoid foreign military entanglements that do not relate directly to our homeland here in the United States of America. It's okay. I'm sharing my honest view, and we have to have open debate to find the path forward. I am a George Washington, America First conservative. And I believe the U.S.-Israel relationship is strongest when it is grounded in American self-interest, as I believe it is and will be strongest when it is, not in fleeting sympathy. That is better for America. That is better for Israel. And I will remind you that President Trump was wrongly criticized as anti-Semitic during his campaign and early on in his presidency, but went on to do more for Israel in a few short years than most presidents who have spouted off the right slogans. I don't spout slogans to you all either. And under my watch, we're going to do the same thing and go even further. Take the Abraham Accords to new heights. Lead the way without apology. By the end of my first term, I am fully confident that our relationship with Israel will be stronger than it has ever been because, yes, we are both Sabras. So what does that mean for U.S. involvement now? It means we support Israel to the fullest with a diplomatic iron dome that allows Israel to fully defend its national existence without anybody else. Not the U.S., not the U.N., not Europe, not anybody standing in Israel's way. It means publicly condemning and rejecting the shameful comments of the U.N. Secretary General this week who tried to justify the Hamas attack by creating a false equivalence between the attacks on Israel and the Palestinian peoples that are terrorist attacks on Israel versus their defense, forget that. Tell the U.N. it means the U.S. should stop funding and, if necessary, altogether exiting these pathetic institutions like the U.N. that are hostile to our sovereignty of the U.S. and our allies. It means we share intelligence with Israel required to achieve its goals. It means we speak out against anti-Semitism right here at home. Not by censorship of speech, but through leadership of our young Americans who follow the Pied Pipers of anti-Semitism because they are truly lost for purpose and meaning. Because anti-Semitism is almost always a symptom of a deeper moral and spiritual void that true leaders have to fill. All right, you get the point. We're now going on uh, riding the A train, the anti-Semitism train, which everyone wants to jump on. And, hey, can I get my ticket punch? I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those. You know, the most surefire remedy and way to not be an anti-Semite is to convert to the, to the, to Christianity. There's no room for racists in Christianity. Racists don't make the ark. <laughs> Maggie says racists don't get on the ark. <laughs> Our Lord told the apostles, now go, go ye forth and teach all men of all, all nations all that I have taught you. That is an imperative command from the God-man, the second person in the Holy Trinity. He didn't say go forth and find people that look like you and tell them what I told you. But don't, don't talk to anyone that doesn't look like you. So when people say, I see anti-Semitism in here, because I don't take a knee to Mossad, and I don't take a knee to the ITF, and to Benjamin Netanyahu, liquid party. No, I don't, and I don't have to.
I am a citizen of the great state of Louisiana. By the by, by the way, let me share something with you people. I mentioned this on Friday's show and did not uh, expound upon it any further. But I, I want to spend just a moment on this today because I think it's impotent. I have here, my friends, a document from the Louisiana State Legislature. Now, now remember, I mentioned this just in passing on Friday's, or no, it was Thursday, last Thursday's broadcast. This is Senate, you know, you're going like, Better King, dude, play the Morning Drive Radio. You can't wait to let it lay the bags on the air. We're all going to do it in the Eddie and Brad, 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 Brad Blake's. First of all, dude, no, you're not. Second of all, I'm not going to read the whole resolution, just the, just the flavor of it. Senate concurrent resolution number 21 by Senator Kathy. Uh, Intergovernment relations affirms the sovereign right of Louisiana to nullify unconstitutional acts of the federal government. I'm telling you, you, if you're looking for a place to relocate and you're trying to get the hell out of California, or the hell that you've had, uh, that's been created all around you in Pennsylvania, or and I mean near Philadelphia, or New Jersey, or New Teenock Teetlin, or the big cities of Virginia and North Carolina, move to Louisiana, dude. I just on what I saw Saturday, I'm telling you something is happening here in the great state of Louisiana that's not happening anywhere anywhere else. Besides the fact that the state is now, and so many people that I know are now affirming that we are the most pro-life state in all of the union. I think that we are becoming fastly the most pro-life Catholic confessional state in all of the union. Listen to this. To affirm the sovereign right of Louisiana to nullify unconstitutional acts of the federal government, whereas Article 1 of the Constitution of Louisiana establishes a declaration of rights, and whereas Section 1 of Article 1 declares in pertinent part that all government of right originates with the people, is founded on their will alone, and is instituted to protect the rights of the individual and for the good of the whole. Whereas uh, Section 1, Article 1 further provides that the rights enumerated in this article are inalienable by the state and shall be preserved and violate by the state. Whereas Section 2 of Article 1 declares that no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without except by due process of law. Whereas in Articles 1, 2, and 3 of the Constitution of the United States, respectively, exclusively vest legislative, executive, and judicial powers to the corresponding branches of government. And then it goes, whereas, 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 I'm just skipping ahead now. As Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution of the United States establishes the only process by which a bill becomes a law. And whereas this process requires passage by both houses of Congress, followed by either presidential approval or congressional override of presidential veto, uh, whereas federal court opinions and executive orders are often erroneously interpreted as law, 
or uh, or to have amended the Constitution of the U.S. And it just goes on and on and on and on. He gets interesting. Page four. Whereas the Tenth Amendment denies the federal government powers not delegated to it in the Constitution of the United States. And whereas this vertical separation of powers is generally well known by the people in the states and was known and respected by the federal government for over a hundred years of our nation's history. And, and, uh, and then they cite a couple of Supreme Court cases. Um, um, whereas Tom, and then on page six, whereas, as Thomas Jefferson explained in the Kentucky Resolutions of 1798, whenever the general government assumes undelegated powers, its acts are unauthoritative, void, and of no force. Whereas Jefferson further added, but where powers are assumed which have not been delegated, a nullification of the act is a rightful remedy that every state has a natural right in cases not within the compact to nullify of their own authority all assumptions of power by others within their limits. Um, and then it goes on. Therefore, be it resolved that the legislature Legislature of Louisiana does hereby affirm the sovereign right of Louisiana to nullify unconstitutional acts of the federal government. And the original instrument in the following digest, which constitutes uh, no part of the legislative instrument prepared by Mike DeVille and then they went to the House, they passed it. Both houses of the Louisiana legislature, the legislature and the Senate, both passed it. I thought, though, that only people that were slave owners used the term nullify. I can't remember which lip torn. It might have even been Killery. And they talk about nullification, which is code for slavery. No, it's not. It's code for good government. It's code for the Tenth Amendment means what it says. 